Well, back in 1912, when the Titanic first sailed, everybody thought it was unsinkable because it was using a new technology. It was going with this idea, it was being built with this idea that if you take the, the hull of a ship and you divide it into these different compartments, then even if a compartment or two is damaged or flooded, the rest of the ship will float. But of course, we know that the Titanic sank. And one of the reasons why was because the integrity of the hull was damaged. As a follower of Jesus, you may be cruising through life and everything is fine. But I'll tell you right now, if the integrity of your life is breached, you are headed for trouble. And the reason why I even bring this up is because it is so easy for us to think that we can compartmentalize our lives so that you know, this is my work life and this is my home life over here and this is my social life, this is my church life, as if they are completely unrelated. It is easy for us to, to think, well, if I do a little something questionable over here, or if I allow this part of my life to be flooded a little with sin, I'll be okay. It won't sink the whole ship. But that's not true. In uh, Webster's Dictionary, the word, uh, the word integrity is defined, the quality or state of being complete or undivided. Okay, undivided. Integrity means wholeness, and you spend all your time and attention at work, right? You can't say, oh yeah, Jesus is my Lord, and he's my Savior, and you obey him in this compartment, but in these compartments you don't obey him because it's not going to be very convenient for you, because it's not going to be popular. Okay, that is a lack of integrity. Last week we started this new series called Be the Church, and I challenge you to just think of the word church as something other than a place that you go to or an activity or event that you attend, but a way for you to be. And so last week, we looked at how we can be the church through our story, right? How we can just in our conversations with somebody else that we know, can just tell them about how God has worked in our life. Whether that's how he helped lead us into a faith-filled relationship with Jesus or, or whether it was some other exciting or, or powerful or even miraculous event that we experienced. You know, we, we learned that we want to understand those different details of a couple of those stories where God made himself known and be ready to share them so that when the opportunity arises, we can be the church, right? We can share our story and help somebody else see maybe how God is at work in their life too and draw them closer to Jesus too. To be the church though, we also can, we, we can be the church also though through our integrity. And, and as you can imagine, as a Christian, this is huge. Right, for us to be the church and to do it through our integrity, that's a big deal. Obviously, you can't be a Christ follower and live with integrity just in this compartment of your life and then not have it impact the other areas of your life as well. If you're going to be the church and live with integrity, it needs to cover all the compartments. And frankly, you know, to, as, as members of the church, as those who follow Jesus of Nazareth and love him, you should want to live with integrity, right? Of course you should. And you should because, well, first of all, it pleases God. It, it pleases God because God is a God of truth. 
It's, just, it's who he is. It's his nature. He cannot lie. And I'll tell you why. When you can live with that kind of integrity, it gives him pleasure. Proverbs eleven twenty says, The Lord detests people with crooked hearts, but he delights in those with integrity. Today, however, so many people excuse away their dishonesty or their lack of integrity by saying, well, nobody's going to know if I indulge in this a little bit. Nobody's going to care if I fudge a little bit in this area of my life. But God knows, right? God cares. And honestly, he's the only audience you ever really need to be concerned about. In Proverbs 15, verse 3, it says, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. Now, God saw you when you were being formed in your mother's body, and he hasn't missed a beat of your heart since. So even if nobody else is watching, you should want to live with integrity because God is watching. And when you live with integrity, it pleases him. Second, you want to live with integrity because it affects others. Your integrity or your lack of integrity is going to have a direct impact and influence those people around you, right? Uh, For example, it's going to impact those people in your own home. So dads, moms, if you want to really bless your children, live with integrity. I know, it, I know it's easy to want to impress uh, people you hardly know at a business meeting or, uh, or on your sports team or whatever, but man, to influence people that you love the most through a life of integrity, nothing can be greater than that accomplishment. In Proverbs 20, verse 7, it says, the righteous man leads a blameless life, a life of integrity. Blessed are his children after him. And second, though, your integrity can also impact the world around you. And by that, I mean, of course, your neighbors or your friends or the people you see at work on the job site or in school or on campus or anybody who has contact with you. In Proverbs 11, verse 10, it says, Upright citizens are good for a city and make it prosper. Boy, not just our city, but our state, our nation needs people of integrity. People who are willing to speak what is true. People who are willing to do what is right. People who are willing to follow the wisdom of God's word. But third, living with integrity can also impact a person's faith in Christ. Last week, I talked about how sharing your story can point somebody to Jesus. And it can. But living with integrity is just as powerful. Listen to this. In 1 Peter 2, it says... Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. And then it goes on and says, even if they accuse you for doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior. They'll see your integrity and they will give honor to God. So living with integrity is a powerful witness to the Lord. And just keep that in mind because frankly, there are two reasons why a person may not believe in Jesus today. A, they never met a Christian. B, they have. Think about that. I can't help but wonder how many people are outside of a relationship with Christ right now because they met somebody who said, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, I go to this church, and yet they blaspheme the name of Jesus by the words they allow to come out of their mouth or by the way they live or by the decisions they make. And people see that. So it really shouldn't surprise us if somebody says, well, if that's what Christianity is like, count me out. I mean, who would want that? 
So when it comes to this word church, okay, if we're not going to see this as a place where you go or an activity that you do, but a way for you to be, then please recognize that living in, with integrity is critical. It pleases God, it affects others, and then third, it blesses you. It really does. There are countless blessings that are going to flow into your life when you live with integrity. For one thing, life is easier. Right? I mean, life is going to just go so much more smoothly for you when you live with integrity. I love this quote from Mark Twain. He says, one of the things about integrity is that you don't have to have a long memory. All right? Isn't that the truth? I mean, if you're lying all the time to everybody you meet, you've got to have to keep track of what you said to who and when and where. But when you live with integrity, you don't have to worry about any of that because you've been telling the truth, right? It just makes life easier. I love this verse from Proverbs 11, verse 5. This is from the message. Moral character makes for smooth traveling. Yeah, amen. It, it really does. Living with integrity makes life easier. But second, integrity also brings confidence. When you live with integrity, you can be confident that somebody's not going to find out something about you because you don't have any skeletons in your closet, right? There's nothing there for anybody to find out about. In um, Proverbs 10, verse 9, it says, The man of integrity walks securely, but he who takes crooked paths will be found out. Confidence comes from character, from doing the right thing. And that allows you to say, yeah, check me out, because what you see is who I really am. Integrity brings confidence. However, being the church, and I think so far we're on track with everything I've said, right? We're, yep, got it, Pastor Z. Living with integrity, though, being the church and living with integrity is easier said than done. And you know that as well as I do, especially since we live in a world where living with integrity can sometimes be hit and miss, right? Sometimes people act with integrity, but sometimes it's like when it's useful for them, right? When it's good for them, when it makes them look good. Now, as Christians, to be the church, we want to live with integrity all the time. So I would like to just offer a couple of lessons that I think will help us do that, to demonstrate integrity. For example, and these are nothing new, but just learn to speak the truth, right? Learn to speak the truth. If you are telling stories that are false and you're breaking promises left and right, uh, you know, that's not going to only impact your life and your reputation. It's going to have a direct impact on the relationships around you. Why? Because relationships are built on what? Tell me. Trust. Yes. If all I do is lie to my beloved wife, Carla, she's not going to trust me. And our relationship is going to be very weak and very shallow. And what's amazing, and, and it is, it's, 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 it's astounding that people will do this, but people will still try to build relationships. And it might be a work relationship or a business relationship or a friendship or some other relationship. They'll try to build it without integrity, without telling the truth. You're like, yes. And there are all kinds of ways to do that, to lie in a relationship. You can lie, of course, by just flat out lying, but you can also lie by being silent, by not telling the whole story. You can lie by flattery, you look good, and they really don't, you know. I mean, people say that. I know maybe that's just being kind, but, you know, you can lie by breaking promises. The point is, lying demonstrates a lack of integrity. And God says, be the church. Live with integrity. 
learn to speak the truth and speak it all the time. Now that said, Paul warns us when we speak the truth in Ephesians 4.15 to speak the truth in love. So yes, speak the truth, but don't come up with a baseball bat to prove that you're right and they're wrong. There's the truth right there. It's called B-A-T. Yeah, no, 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 no. If you're going to speak the truth, speak it in love. Even when you don't feel like it. Even when it's inconvenient or difficult. Speak the truth in love. And, and, and honestly, that's what God wants. God wants you to be the church. And if you're going to be the church and live with integrity, speak the truth at all times in love. Second, to demonstrate integrity, you also want to learn to stand for what is right. Because sometimes speaking the truth in love isn't enough. Sometimes integrity requires action. Sometimes you have to do something about it. In 2 Corinthians 13, verse 8, it says, we, can, we, um, we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. And yet, again, we live in a culture where not too many people are, they seem willing to do that. I mean, people are quick to stand up for their rights, but I don't see too many people who are willing to be bold and stand up for what is knowingly wrong. And even as Christians, we can kind of hesitate there. We're like, well, I don't want to condemn that because then people will think I'm being intolerant or I'm narrow-minded and I want people to like me. So, you know, I'm not going to say anything. And then nothing is done. Folks, if we're going to be the church, we're going to have to live with integrity. And that means standing up for what is right. Even though everybody else in, in our world may say that's wrong, if God's word says um, you should do this, then we need to stand up and say that's what we need to do. All right, if you know the truth and you don't say anything or you don't take a stand for it, that's a lack of integrity. All right, so to demonstrate integrity, make sure you are willing to also take a stand for what's right. The third thing to demonstrate integrity, I think it also helps to, that if you learn to stay clean. Obviously, you want to guard your mind and your body and your motives and your words and everything that is about you so that you stay pure. Paul says it this way in Philippians 2.15. He says, we are to be blameless and, there it is, pure. Children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation. You know, back thousands of years ago, before God sent the flood that covered the world, he took Noah and his family and put them in the ark. In a very crooked and depraved generation, he chose them. Why? Because in Genesis 6 verse 9, it says this. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. Guess what Noah had? Integrity. God wants you to have integrity, even if everybody else is cutting corners. Even when, it, you know, you're looking for the, e- even when everybody else is looking for the easy way out. Even when nobody seems to care about character. God wants you to be the church and to live with integrity. Now, to help you, because if you're like me, your integrity will fluctuate, right? Sometimes you're going to be like a poster child of integrity. Yay. And then other times you're going to end up living like the devil. And that happens. I'm there with you. So to help us to maintain this level of integrity over the long haul and so that it flows not just into one compartment, but all of the compartments of our life so that we can be the church, let me offer a couple of practical helps, practical suggestions, right? Number one, choose the right kind of friends. Yes, choose the right kind of friends because like it or not, you will become like the people with whom you spend the most time. 
So choose carefully. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33 says, bad company corrupts good character, and it does. When I was in college, I got a summer job. It was just a summer job. That's all it was, but it was a job that I really enjoyed. I liked the job. It was good pay. One of my coworkers was always negative, constantly bad-mouthing the boss and everything about the company. Guess what? By the end of the summer, I hated the job. Bad company corrupts good character. Be careful about who you choose to be your closest friends. And while you're at it, choose to spend time with your best friend, Jesus. Spend time with him in his word. Honestly, the the more time you spend with Jesus in his word, the easier it will be for you to be like him. Okay, so to live with integrity, choose your friends carefully. Second, value integrity over image. And this is hard too. Because we live in a culture where image is everything, right? And nothing is going to destroy your integrity faster than greed where you're pursuing that image. Uh, In Proverbs 28, verse 6, it says, Better a poor man whose walk is blameless than a rich man whose ways are perverse. So you need to decide ahead of time what's going to be most important for you. If you're going to be the church, is it going to be truth or is it going to be things and stuff is it going to be integrity or is it going to be image now if you by spirit's power choose integrity and truth yay for you yay but understand understand that you may have to pull away from or forfeit some of those things or kind of back away from some of those things so as to maintain that integrity okay does that make sense so if you're going to live with integrity value integrity over image and then third to live with integrity, watch what you watch. Yeah, filter what you allow into your noggin. Filter what goes into your brain, especially media input. Okay, you, can, you simply cannot allow any old idea or any old thought or any old video or any old joke or any old TV show or any old movie or any old website into your brain. Psalm 101, verses 2 and 3 says, I will be careful to lead a blameless life. I will set before my eyes no vile thing. Maybe that's a verse you want to look up and cut out, print out, and then cut it out. And, and, and maybe you want to stick that on your, your computer, your laptop screen, or on your TV, or maybe on the back of your phone. I don't know. But understand, there are some things your eyes just don't need to see. In Proverbs 15, verse 14, it says, A wise person is hungry for knowledge, while a fool feeds on trash. A lot of trash out there, isn't there? Oh, yeah. And it's just silly to think that you can feed on that trash and still live a life of integrity. (laughs) Doesn't work that way. Right? If we're going to be the church and live with integrity, we need to watch what we watch. Without a doubt, we live in a world that needs people of integrity. We need people of integrity in our homes. We need people of integrity in our churches. We need people of integrity in our neighborhoods and in our schools and in our workplaces and our governments. And what I've just done is helped unpack some things that I think can help you to do that, right? To be the church and live with, to live with integrity. Understand though, that as you learn and practice, and you got to practice and practice these things that we talked about, Understand that there will be times when you will be spiritually weak and you will cave in like me and you will compromise your integrity. 
The good news is that while your integrity, my integrity will fluctuate like this, God's love for you in Jesus never does. He always invites you to bring your mistakes and your failures to him in confession. He's always inviting you to, to cling to the truth that through the sacrifice of Jesus' death on the cross, your, the guilt of every wrong, every compromise is removed. Poof, it's gone. To trust that the blood of Jesus covers your sin and it's the conduit through which God pours out his grace. You receive that gift not because you're living with integrity, but because he's head over heels in love with you. And it's that love that's going to wash away your sin. It's going to pick you back up, dust you off, and empower you once again to be the church. Praise God. 2 Peter 1 verse 3 says, God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Jesus. If we're going to be the church and live with integrity, we can't do, we can't do it on our own. So, in, so ask Jesus to make his power known to you. Right? To, to sweep out the garbage, to cover over your guilt, to forgive your sin, and then to flow into your life. The power, the strength, the ability, the willingness, the desire to be the church. And to be the church through your integrity. Now I help you with this, because this is hard. And I'm a fellow struggler with you. So to help you with this, let me offer a couple of challenges for you this week. All right, Challenge number one. Connect with God each day in his word, every day, so as to be more like him. Remember, the more you learn about Jesus in his word, the more time you spend with him in his word, the, more, the easier it is for you to be like him. And, and certainly you can use your Bible. There's a great app called Read Scripture. That's it. It's free. It has little videos that explain each of the books, and as well as when you're halfway through the book, there's another video. Super, it's super helpful. I'm on my second journey through the Bible with this app. Read scripture. I challenge you to pick up, get that app, and, and if you've got a smartphone, and, and use that as a tool. Second, ask God for the courage to consistently live as his child. In a world that is quick to put image over integrity, be just as quick to connect with God in prayer, because you don't have it if you don't ask, right? So ask him for the power to live with integrity to ask him to be consistent in that integrity in all the compartments of your life, not just one. And then third, third, recall the impact that your integrity can have on those around you. Remember, how you live doesn't just have a bearing or influence on the people you love the most, but on everybody in your world of influence. And God can use you. He can use us as the church through our integrity to impact them. And I don't know how that might impact them, but it may be like, um, I think it was Jamie who was saying, hey, what's going on? Or, or I can't remember who it was that was saying it. It's just, they might, they might just want to know why. And that point them to Jesus and who he is and what he's done for them. Now, because we need God's help, let's pray. Let's pray for this. Dear Jesus, we want to be people of integrity. We really, really do. We want to please you. We want to influence others for you. We want to be the church. But we, we need your help. We need your power to do that because we can't on our own. Forgive us for trying to keep you out of certain compartments of our life. Lord God, take charge of how we think, how we speak, how we act so that we can be your church and make a difference in this world. We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your great and holy name. Amen.